This is Speaking of Anthropology. My name's Kevin. My name's Dylan. And today we have a uh, something of a topical show for the listeners. Um, we have we touched upon it slightly um, in one of our earlier shows, but we wanted to go a little more in depth onto the uh, current unfolding COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, but more specifically you know how it how it's affecting folks in their personal lives folks at uaf and in the ua system and in alaska uh, so today we have um right now we have two guests on to discuss a little bit about how this has been um kind of affecting them in both negative but also hopefully in some positive ways or at least you know not in entirely negative ways um so uh First, we have um, Gabriela Olmos from UAA, um, and then we also have uh, Tara Palmer from UAA as well. So trying to make sure that we are not just um, talking to people from Fairbanks, because there's a little more to Alaska <laughs> than just the interior, even if I might be a little biased as being from Fairbanks. So um, if you guys wouldn't mind saying hello real quick. Um, to the listeners and um, start with you, Gabriella, just a little bit about yourself um, for the folks listening. Yeah, so, well, as a, hello everybody. My name is Gabriela Olmos. I <coughs> was born and raised in Mexico City. And uh, I am a writer and I migrated to Alaska in 2016. And I'm a current student at the Anthropology PhD in, at UAF. So, well, I'm very, very happy to be here with you. Thank you for joining us. And Tara, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself a little bit to listeners as well. Sure. I'm Tara Palmer. I'm a professor of English as a second language at UAA. And I've lived in Anchorage since I was five. Um, so I've lived 10 minutes away from the real Alaska most of my life and, uh, I have three kids and a dog and I don't know what else to say. That's more than enough. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just to get us right into the show then, um, so yeah, like I said, we are curious about how folks are, um, you know, responding to the way that the world is right now. Um, so first off, we just kind of wanted to ask you guys about um, what has changed in your lives at all um, with the way that things have been going right now, because it, there have been some pretty pretty big changes, I think, for most folks. So just start off with that kind of general question. Um, whoever wants to take it away first. Well, so uh, I, I lived through a lot of changes. I'm a, I, I teach Spanish at UAA, and uh, I, I used to teach uh, in-person classes, and suddenly, like in three days, we had to move to online. And um, there was there were a lot of things to learn and a lot of problems to sort like connect 
activity of the students was one, but also um, I, even if I had, I had taught online before, but not languages. And so languages is about like, uh, it, it, they're like math, you just go adding knowledge, levels of knowledge, and, and, and it's not the same like to grasp a bunch of uh, information and put it on somebody's uh, mind than to develop a skill. And that was, that was pretty challenging. We find a way. And also the students were really stressed um, and, and learning is really hard when, when students are stressed. So it took a while and I'm very happy uh, with the result, uh, given the challenges. Uh, the last class that we were reviewing and, and I was listening to my students, I realized that they did learn. Many of them uh, are, are not aware of how much and, and what, uh, how, uh, what an enormous heroes they are because, because they did rise up to the challenge and learn and that, that makes me very happy. So my teaching was already 50% online. So the teaching change wasn't a big change for me. The biggest change has been, um, so I'm, I'm the oldest of five children and four of us live in, not just in Anchorage, but like within 10 minutes walking or biking of each other and my mother. So we all live in East Anchorage and, um, uh, my children's cousins are close by and so getting large groups of people together was sort of a normal thing for us to do on a regular basis and that is and my mother is a high-risk um, person for this so and uh, I have a brother who's a firefighter EMT a sister who's a PA um, so they had potential exposure early on and um, and throughout while they're working. So getting together has been uh, not happening, which is really odd for us. Um, so that's been a big change. I can't say that I mind not having to get the kids up and get them to school on time, not being a thing. That is not my shining talent as a mother. So it's nice to not have to worry about that quite as much. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, oh, go ahead, sorry. I, I also, um, well, uh, during uh, the early stages of the pandemic, one thing that really affected me emotionally, not that I would have done anything different, but um, the idea that the border was closed. I am, as, as I told you, I'm Mexican, so, oh, um, I mean, I, I'm married to an Alaskan, and that's why I'm here. Uh, but my parents and my siblings all live in Mexico. And uh, when I heard like the border is closed uh, uh, to keep us safe, I mean, I, I perfectly understand that we don't want people in any country of the world moving around because, because that would, that would uh, spread the virus. But just the idea that will it be open again? Will I ever see my family again? I mean, I want to see them and hug them not only through a screen. And, and I mean, 
I, I, I just calm myself thinking this is temporary and I'm sure I'll see my people again, but, but we don't know. Yeah, you, you make a you make a great point, uh, Gabriela. Um, you know, specifically this uncertainty that uh, we are thinking and living through and wondering every day. Um, you know, the fact that we're we have to quarantine and isolate, but at the same time, we really need to stay connected through you know video calls or classes or social media constantly bombarding us. Um, that's actually happening more so. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, one of the things that, you know, really struck us, uh, in our previous conversations, Dylan and I, in previous shows is this concept that, you know, we're anthropologists, we deal with humans, um, on a regular basis, uh, whether that be our peers or colleagues or, uh, those who we're studying of or working with, um, you know, what, what, what sort of things do we do now? Um, and how can we adapt as anthropologists, um, could our field of study potentially be changed forever? Who knows? Uh, will we have to keep two meters, um, you know, when we uh, conduct an interview or is an interview something like this uh, through a Zoom call? Uh, so it, it's kind of interesting, I think. Um, but one of the thoughts that we had, um, and, and you know, we, we know within so much of media is there's a conversation about the COVID-19 as a negative aspect. Um, and we were curious for you guys if there have been anything positive um, that have come from this. Uh, you know, how has this maybe given you a new perspective on what you've been teaching, studying, or learning, um, or maybe seeing people around you uh, live differently? So we'd love to hear from, from you guys about that. If you could share any thoughts. So, so I open for my students um, uh, in Blackboard, I open a pandemic forum. And I say like, okay, let's, let's, I, I, I open questions about the pandemic, like, uh, how do you think the economy would recover? How do you, what, what do you think people have to do to take care of themselves? How would you take care of elders? How would you take care of children? The only condition was that they participated in Spanish. Because they say, we're going to support each other, but in Spanish. So, so it was a very interesting very interesting forum and every every class I, I began asking about the pandemic I believe that uh, as people we need like if this keeps in, in stays inside us it, like we break it's it's so it's so big and so amorphous that we need to speak it out so I, I did that with my students and, and it worked out and they were speaking Spanish or were writing in Spanish more than I could have ever dreamt uh, with any other class activity. So that was good. And, and for you, uh, Tara? So like a positive thing has been that uh, because we can't physically get together, we've been getting together online, my family. And my sister who lives out of state is more included in that then. So I've been getting to talk to her and she's been participating in like our weekly chats and um, we've been doing things like watching a movie and talking about it. Um, we, we've been doing challenges of recreating classic paintings. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, like, just all these things that we wouldn't have found time to do. Um, we're, we're, we suddenly have time to do. Um, and it's more 
inclusive of my my one sister who's far away. So that's been that's been really nice. We can't go visit her though. <laughs> that's unfortunate. She keeps reminding us none of us have been to Wisconsin where she lives. All right, so my parents, none of her siblings have gone, I think. So <laughs> yeah, we're we shame on us, shame. Yeah, there, there is one option on Zoom that, uh, you know, I do remind, there's the virtual background. So if need be, you can easily all travel to Wisconsin right now. And that should count. Uh, that should totally count. Or for the listeners, um, you know, you could uh, tune in and imagine in your mind what Wisconsin could be like, potentially. <laughs> I feel um, that something very, very positive is like the enormous amount of creativity going on right now so i i as, as i said at the beginning I'm a, I'm a writer and and i have always been involved in the arts and i have to say that no one would ever could ever dare to cut budgets to the arts again because arts are what save many people you went to the internet and the new york metropolitan opera was on on a, but was free and the museums opened their galleries for free and the painters were giving workshops and and the arts came up to help everybody so i i mean to speak to politicians never there to cut their arts because that is what kept us alive right now in such a crisis yeah the the creativity of of folks and yeah that that coming together right it feels like people are definitely trying um to come together maybe even more so than at some points and you know prior to this in a couple of different um classes that i've had online right we've had it where we wrap up a bit early and then after that you know for the last 10 minutes of class time everyone's just kind of chatting you know because folks want that interpersonal um connection mm -hmm. right and yeah that's that's even maybe more like uh, you were saying, Gabriella, right? Where the even more so than than we were um, prior to all this. So, building off of that, I I think um, pretty nicely. Then, um, what has been giving you guys then the most joy or hope in your typical um, day right now? Um, you know, with, with the way things are going on, right? Or like we've been talking about with these, these bright spots. So what is, yeah, what has been giving you the most joy or hope daily? So for I've me, for, for example, when, 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 when we were just beginning the online classes, uh, the students say, when, when we finish the class, could you leave the Zoom open? And I said, what, what are you? And I said, oh, we just want to chat. And then I, I mute myself and put my camera in black. And then I left the, the room because I wanted them to have like the student time. And when I came back, they were dancing. They were dancing in camera together. And I just thought like, the world will never end if students can dance together. I mean, that's, that's, that was so inspiring. And I, I mean, I left them as long as they wanted and went like 
later on I came and they were disconnected already, but that just filled my heart with joy. So this is going to sound really frivolous, I think, but uh, something that's been sort of keeping me going are these, um, so uh, uh, several of my family members, including my French brother and his kids have uh, Garmin watches. And when you have a, a fitness tracker, this fitness tracker, there's a social uh, component uh, in the app. So you have all these connections and you can challenge each other. And so um, my French nephews have been setting up these challenges um, like for a week who can run the farthest. And, um, and I, we don't get to see them very much. They live in the Alps and, and it's, it's just hard to see them very much, but they'll, they get uh, chatty in the, in the app. And like, so they set, up a, they set up a challenge and I said, a running challenge and I said, so it's distance. I, and I checked. It's just distance, right? And they're like, yes, just distance. So I ran really, really slowly, but a lot. And, and they got mad. And so <laughs> in the next challenge, they, they set a, a pace requirement. Like it doesn't count unless you were going uh, 16 minute miles. So you can imagine how slow I, I, I was running. I was running really, really slow. And, um, uh, they're having this like old woman beat them. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're really sporty little guys. And uh, so, and now more family members are participating. We're in a steps challenge right now. Um, I'm, I'm winning. Uh, yeah, ends tomorrow. Yeah, it's really great. I'm really proud that I'm beating an 11 year old. That's like, <laughs> but it's, you know, it gets me out. My dog's getting a lot of exercise. Um, so like, every day seems to go really fast. Like it's like over quickly. Um, the house is cleaner. Uh, I'm getting more steps. However, I like trying to read, like I have a novel I've been wanting to read that's not happening. I can't read long pieces and concentrate. I have trouble getting my homework done. But these like little short things or that, that, that works and helps get me through the day. Yeah, for, so for, for any listeners um, that are tuning in right now, you've just heard two fantastic tips um, and tricks to, to survive and to live on and to enjoy your time joyfully. Um, but I'm curious, Dylan, actually, do you have anything that uh, has been also helping you hopefully and joyfully get through uh, these interesting times? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm really uh, just happy that I have a dog because, uh, you know, it's just being able to play with him and, and, you know, walk him about and yeah, just, it's nice to have a pet um, to give positive attention to and cause yeah, that it, that's an, that's a pleasant distraction. So, and I'm sure that that's something, yeah, the, a lot, a lot of folks right now are doing, you know, just, it's not like it's a novel concept, but it, it, it is really nice for sure. We, I got my puppy on uh, December 28th. So she's still a puppy, but I had no idea how 
important it would be for you know this time. She helps the kids stay calm. She's affectionate. Um, however, I have found also like I I was I'm a I grew up with like dogs don't get on the furniture. You don't sleep with your dog kind of a household, and I am just not able to enforce that at this point. <laughs> so like the dog's been on the couch. My youngest is angling to sleep with, you know, have the dog in the bed. And I'm like, nah, that, eh, just wait till she's a little older, please. <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been wonderful to have the dog and he gets us outside and, um, yeah. Yeah, dogs are the real winners of the pandemic. They have their people all day. When, even when my dog's being a little bit of a troublemaker, right? It's a, it's, it's nice. It's, it's a small problem, small trouble that I can, it's even in that, that it's a distraction, you know? Uh, why won't you leave the trash can alone, right? It distracts me from uh, bigger problems. And then, yeah. Very manageable, solvable things. Yes. So we've... <laughs> we are um, segueing nicely through our questions right now. So uh, this gets us to a, another one um, about just that we've already kind of touched on and gone around a little bit, but just to dive in on a little more, um, what have your guys's um, like uh, daily routines and um, just lives so far looked like, right? With um, you guys have mentioned, you know, the transition to teaching online and stuff. So um, if you wouldn't mind just um, for the, you know, for the listeners, right? What is, what of that, what uh, has your daily life been looking like so far with um, the lockdowns and the pandemic and stuff? Is it confession time? <laughs> so I have noticed that I don't have to brush my teeth before work meetings. <laughs> I, I have uh, gotten up and put a like nice jacket over my pajamas, gone to a work meeting. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't quite showered. I'll just put my hair back, pretend like it was on purpose, go to a work meeting. Um, so like routines don't have to be in the same order that they used to be. It wasn't like get up and quick get ready all at once because you're leaving because you're not leaving. You can like do little things throughout the day in terms of self-care or hygiene. <laughs> Sorry. And um, yeah, it's, that has definitely been a, a strange change of going in and out of work throughout the day rather than going away to work and coming home. So I was a little like tired up and then my husband started home officing. Uh, so that that make made it different because when I was by myself, I mean I I I I, I have been uh, working uh, as an adjunct like now for a year and a half but before that I was working as a freelance so I was pretty used to be on pyjamas for two or three more hours and then just change randomly at whatever hour. But with him here, we had to take the office schedule. 
So now we wake up at normal time. He goes to office, which is downstairs. And, and we try to, uh, because he has to make certain amount of hours connected and he has to work from nine through 5.30. So that took us to a very funny way. Like, like we are outside, but not, I mean, uh, his other building is downstairs and that's it. <laughs> That's a really good point, though, because I don't live with my partner. And when the shelter-in-place order first came out, we had this moment of, "What do we do?" Right? So mm -hmm. we don't we don't share a household, but we have not been quarantined from each other, you know. So yeah, like, yeah. Are, are we breaking a rule here? Do how much do we care? Um, eventually, I said the governor doesn't decide who is a member of my household. I decide, and yeah. so we'll work it out. But yeah, it was. I was wondering, like, if we're going to see a rash of weddings after the the quarantine is over. Like, people are like, screw this, <laughs> life's too short. I don't care. You're good enough. Let's go. Yeah, I, I just don't so want to be alone. Yeah. So many people having hard times with their families. I mean. Uh, yeah, so divorces and marriages, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I think it was in um, New York, maybe, that they're now letting uh, officials um, officiate weddings over Zoom and stuff. So some states, some folks, they ain't even got to wait uh, for, the, <laughs> <laughs> for the quarantines and stuff to end. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, another change in my daily routine is I take my temperature. That is not a thing I did in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but, oh, that's yeah. wise. I will copy your idea. You should take your temperature every day. That is a very good idea. Yeah, I, I just have to, to share a thought in, you know, in regards to like daily routine and typical life. Uh, being that I'm an American living in Germany temporarily for an exchange, it's a completely new experience um you know you know figuring out how to walk you know walking outside and seeing the police go by and then you know what should i do if i don't know how to speak uh, you know german and how do i communicate with people and if i'm going to the grocery store how do i communicate that i need just bread you know um uh, and, and things like that so it's been an interesting experience but i think one of the most helpful daily things for me is um opening the window believe it or not, and just sticking your head out the window and taking a deep breath um, and, and realizing that you can still be outside, but inside at the same time. Um, and that's been extremely helpful. Um, but what, one follow-up question that, uh, that we wanted to ask um, is specifically, you know, I know uh, this is an Alaskan uh, show and we, you know, since we are in, we, so some of us are in Alaska, um, but speaking of anthropology, found its origins at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Um, you know, we're curious what has been um, an Alaskan uh, sort of experience or an Alaskan thing that you're doing during these times. Um, you know, I know folks in Alaska, we're always very prideful of you know, being able to do certain things um, that people in the lower 48s can't. Um, so I'm just curious, is there anything like that for you guys? I can go first. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so when the shelter, so hunker down happened in Anchorage first, and then there was a shelter in place order. 
and uh, the trails the around Anchorage were for comparatively packed full of people. There would be so many more people going out to get on the trails and do things in part because of work schedules changes or they're not working, but it was an opportunity to be outside. And um, so that was both positive and negative because it's hard to get very far apart in some places. Um, mostly people were really nice and would still say hello. Some people were wearing masks and things on the trails, but some people would actually stand off the trail with their backs and like not even acknowledge you as you go by or, or even say, I'm just, they would just ignore you. <laughs> I mean, it was, which is strange. That's not normal behavior on the trails, but um, that, was, that was something that, um, so my family in the Alps, like they live in the mountains too. They love to recreate and do all these activities, but they are limited to going off their property one time per day for one hour and no more than one kilometer away. And they have to go through checkpoints and submit papers and tell people before they go in the grocery store what they're going to buy. I mean, it was very, very much more controlled than I think Alaskans would be prepared to, to deal with, honestly, I think we would flip if those kinds of measures were put in place. So my husband has been uh, going outside and flying drones uh, because you don't need anyone to fly a drone around. We're not having a lot of fun. I mean, I've been locked in uh, all the time, uh, but, but he has been having a lot of fun with his drones. And, and Dylan, any uh, any thoughts there? <laughs> I I more had Alaskan style problems um, than than I have had um, you know ways to deal with it. Right, living in a uh, dry cabin without internet prior to all this kicked off. Um, once it became clear there was going to be a shelter in place. Uh, I was like, well, sheltering in place in the middle of the school semester in a dry cabin without internet probably isn't uh, going to be feasible. But I am very, very fortunate um, that I do still have some family in state, even if they weren't in Fairbanks. So, yeah, that was that was my Alaskan experience was more so having to uh, <laughs> um, unfortunately leave my cabin um, for this. So but that's as it goes sometimes. I think another thing was the, um, I don't know if you get the Nixie alerts down here, Dylan, oh, but yeah. the, the, gov or no, the mayor sent out one at one point, just reassuring everyone that the port of Anchorage was functioning at 100% capacity because we are dependent on everything getting brought in. We're not self-sufficient in any of the basic necessities uh, that, or the, what we think are basic necessities. So. Yeah, people got really scared and there were concerns, yeah, that they, they were, uh, oh, this is a German term. People were hamster culping. Have you heard this term, Kevin? Yeah. So what's that? So it's like hamster, like hamster and kaufen is to buy. And so the idea is you're buying, like you're stuffing your cheeks full of stuff like a hamster that you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're just hoarding things, that's your, your hamster kaufen. 
it's a it's a more fun term for hoarding for sure yeah i saw that on the uh i think the nightly news and i mean i i definitely get though why he why they had to make that announcement right because as you said like that is a real concern especially because um you know they were talking about uh, in the early stages right like seattle was talking about well we might not be shipping anything out to anyone at all and like we are very dependent not just on importing things but on importing things from those west coast um ports right and so if they're not going to be shipping anything out don't matter how open our port is so yeah it, it definitely definitely get why they had to announce that and I, yeah it was it was an interesting th thing to be concerned about on top of everything else for sure i think they even put pictures in the paper of people working at the porch like seriously it is really happening it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah, and it, it was it was weird. After all the crazy bikes, uh, I tried to get uh, distilled water for a medical device, and I couldn't find it. I went like to ten different places, and we couldn't find distilled water because people I don't know what they were doing with distilled water, but they bought it. They bought it all. So my partner um, was originally from Spain, but spent his family lived for ten years in Venezuela, and he said. It's like living in Venezuela now. And so he like he tried to get a prescription filled for his daughter and the pharmacy didn't have it. So they had to go to another pharmacy. Oh, but at the, the story, he saw that there was flour. So he was like, oh, I have to buy my flour now, but I was limited to two. <laughs> it was just like, there's always like, that's just standard life. Like this store has this and you let people know and you get what you see, you get what you, you know, when it's there, not when you need it, kind of a thing. He's like, yeah, it's like we all live in Venezuela now. <laughs> yeah, one of the, the other big things I think I've noticed is, you know, with masks too, you know, the rush for masks, um, you know, so back in March, I was, uh, you know, I had this long break before I started my exchange here in Germany. So I would travel to Asia with my family before everything really took off in Taiwan. And, you know, it was, it was crazy because, you know, you, you, you know, we'd travel from America to Taiwan and everyone was wearing masks and we we're trying to help our family buy masks, but we didn't count because we weren't citizens of the country. And so it was just chaos, but there, you know, on the, on the, on the other side, there was plenty of food available and plenty of toilet paper, um, you know, at that time, but uh it's, it was kind of interesting to, to travel from Asia and then end up here in Germany and also see the states go through this. Um, you know, I, I keep making this, uh, this metaphor that, um, you know, with wherever, you know, we, we all uh, originate this, this virus to come from Wuhan, but really these droplets of water that drop all over the world and these puddles of this pandemic is just all over. And so I remember having a conversation with Dylan early on. I said, it's never going to reach Alaska, you know, it's Alaska's last place that it'll be. But, you know, as, as the world works and as we're, you know, we live, um, things happen and that's just how it, it happens. Um, you know, it, we, we've kind of covered on one of the, the topics that we wanted to discuss, but uh, one of the questions we also wanted to ask was specifically, um, have you noticed uh, any responses from the people around you um, and how they are reacting to things um, you know, we, we know how we are reacting, but sometimes when we see how others react, we also kind of try to help them or try to try to support them. Um, 
So how's that been? And, and uh, if you have any stories, feel free to share. So you, you brought up the masks and I, I read a piece that was really interesting by a, a woman who I think grew up in China, um, but had moved to the United States. And when the pandemic started, uh, so she grew up when you're sick and you go out in public, you wear a mask and it's, and, and she was talking about how it was her taking responsibility and helping other people to wear a mask is how she thought of it. She's doing this to protect others around her. And that is not how Americans perceived wearing a mask. They perceived it as trying to protect yourself from others, like defining everyone else as dangerous and you are being selfish in some ways if masks are in, you know, um, short supply and just sort of, and, and I was thinking about when I grew up here in Anchorage, we, and I don't know if this is still a thing or it was just my family's freaky. I was told you take your face covering off. So if you have something on because it's cold, you take it off when you go inside. Otherwise you look like you might be a criminal, like bank robbers cover their faces and regular people have nothing. Yeah. Take their face covering off. And so like wearing a mask in public was, was, it still feels weird to me, but the different, like when it first started, people who were wearing masks were looked at like, why aren't you giving those to medical workers? Why are you using up real masks? Um, and now um, you see some people wearing, you know, the homemade masks and the cloth masks and other people aren't. And sort of there's this weird, uh, it's almost like a political statement, right? Of whether or not you're choosing to mask and it's still, this tension between are you doing it to protect other people or are you doing it to protect yourself from other people um and i've just noticed since we started opening up at least in anchorage it, i had to go to the grocery store which i always hate anyway and now i hate more and people were not being careful at all there were like crowds in the aisles there were people bunching up people getting way too close to me um <laughs> It was, it's like, okay, we did it for, for a few weeks. Now we're done. Yeah. So in, in Mexico in 2009, we lived through an epidemic, a very strong epidemic of H1N1. And at that moment, it was a government mandate to use the masks. So I was very lucky because after that pandemic ended, I, had, I still had masks. So I was very lucky to have masks uh, and I, I i when i moved i brought them thinking like when on earth am i going to use this well the moment is here uh, what, 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 what i have i, I have seen story, very beautiful stories there was this mexican wrestler that you know they used their masks and the, the, the whole family lived out of making the wrestling masks and now well wrestling uh, has been canceled in Mexico because of the of the uh, I mean of the distancing. So these guys they say you know we make masks anyway. So they started making the Mexican wrestler mask uh, to cover the mouth and nose. They're so cool. I just think like masks should be a fashion statement. We have to make like different types of masks that speak to our personality and 
and yeah, that would be that would be a fun way to address it. I I totally agree with you, Gabriel. I think um, this is something I can perceive. You know, within a year or two, you know, there'll be on going down fashion runways. Masks will be a part of this uh, this this iconic moment in uh, in the ways in which we 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 express but not express because, you know, you know, when you're wearing a mask, you don't see, you, you really can't see emotions, um, you know, because your eyes are the ones that are telling the world, you are the only thing that's left uh, besides your ears <laughs> um, and your hands um, to be able to do, you know, expressions. But uh, I think that's, that's very interesting. And, and we should ask, for example, uh, Muslim women have been covering their mouth forever. Maybe they have another perspective and it would be really interesting to listen to them. Absolutely. It's it's one of those things, right, where there have been um, different parts of the world where, you know, in Eastern Asia, that, that wearing um, masks for when you're sick has been common or like, um, you know, countries that did get hit hard with the swine flu or, you know, like you point out, Gabriella, countries that for other reasons, um, some element or another has been used to it. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of now global proliferation. And I'm, I'm very curious about that long tail, right? Um, if we might start to see these, um, you know, in, in European countries and in, um, you know, North American stuff and where else in the world, maybe we'll see like the, the, spread of like when you're sick you wear a mask and that's just what you do now i'm curious to see if that is an outcome but also as uh tara pointed out um i went to the wasilla freddy's like uh two weeks ago when we were still in the shelter in place and stuff maybe one in five people was wearing a mask maybe like a lot of folks it's just not uh yeah, it's not a thing that they, I guess, want to do or think is valuable. Um, so yeah, we <laughs> guess we'll see on that front. Um, but yeah, I think that that takes us um, to our last question um, about what has uh, surprised you guys the most about this entire thing, either positively or negatively, what has been the most surprising thing about the pandemic? So I saw a meme saying uh, there was com they were comparing like uh, this is how we used to imagine the end of the world. This is how the end of the world looks like. And yeah, of course, on our imagination of of really catastrophic things where Godzilla and I don't know like <laughs> monsters and aliens, and it looks more like toilet paper and washing dishes. So, yeah, like thinking, uh, I remember uh, in Mexico being the Mayans, one of our largest uh, native communities. Uh, in 2012, people were misreading the Mayan documents and were like so afraid that this was the end of the world. And well, th this looks much like the end of the world than that. So um, I feel like like it's a moment to observe and it's a moment of transformation. I was thinking yesterday, I was listening to, um, to Mexican anthropologist, uh, 
Mexican anthropology. I don't know how to translate that, but uh, like like uh, let's say like the the equivalent to the, the AAA in Mexico. They're making uh, sessions on COVID. They're making it. They're making them Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And many anthropologists are coming together to discuss how the anthropological field has, uh, what, what will happen. And, and I was thinking after listening to them yesterday, uh, I've been taking notes on masses on Zoom and they're very interesting to observe. So at least we have a new field uh, to observe. Uh, and that is really, really interesting. How will this change your communities? How would this, uh, for example, the relationship between the government mandates and traditional medicine. So in Mexico, we heal ourselves with eucalyptus and uh, like, uh, what, what are people doing? Are they keeping their traditional systems? Are they merging it with the mandates of the government? Uh, who rules the shaman or uh, and zinc? The, or, or well, the equivalent to unsync in other countries. So I think like there are many, many questions. Uh, and it's, I mean, and we, of course we wouldn't like to, to kind of uh, take any assumptions. We, we, we wouldn't like to make any assumptions. It's, it's it, that's a, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to observe human behavior, human, humankind, different, uh, fields and, and in a couple of years we'll think like remember the pandemic that was a really rich experience to uh, observe people at the edge. When I was thinking about your question like okay so what has surprised me the most I kept thinking of things and then going I shouldn't have been surprised by that like why would I let that surprise me um and the first thing I thought of was sort of this swing between um, making really uh, database decisions, right, for public health, right? So hunker down or shelter in place and just being relieved that I lived in places where leaders were willing to do this in a relatively timely fashion. Um, but then watching decisions swing back to more political concerns rather than um, necessarily public health, like people just get exhausted or something and want life to be the way it is. So start emphasizing other things like, um, you know, different talking points cycle back up. Like this isn't that much worse than the flu or, you know, we need, it's, it's people start saying things like we'd rather die free than live under quarantine and it's like you're not making choices just for yourself any and and so being willing to recognize the con connection and make decisions based on sort of society and connectivity versus uh individuality and liberty and I want to just do what I want to do when I want to do it, you know, um, and that that's that we have a right to that. I, so I shouldn't I shouldn't be surprised by that, but it is sort of whiplash inducing to watch that swing back and forth at local and 
national and international levels. I, I do think for sure though, right, that like we, yeah, maybe in, I guess in retrospect, we shouldn't have been surprised by it, but I certainly was surprised by it as well, because I think that it has starkly illuminated um, these sorts of trends in, in a more vivid way than I think that we have, um, than we've seen in a while. And so it, I guess maybe, <laughs> yes, it, maybe you're right in that it, in retrospect, it shouldn't have been surprising, but I don't know. Um, I certainly wasn't anticipating um, how clearly and in full force we would see some of these things and how quickly, like you were saying with the whiplash, how quickly that we would be um, moving from we need to contain this disease to, well, you know, maybe, maybe this is just how it's going to be and we're just going to have to get over that, you know, people are going to die and we have to make these more political decisions on it now. So I, here's something that did surprise me. It surprises me how quickly and easily people will slip into basically arguing eugenics without referencing eugenics. So the weak, it's just the weak. These are expensive people to maintain anyway. Let's just let them, let them die. Like, <laughs> you, you realize what you're saying, right? No, you don't. It's just super easy to say. And I, I think, you know, if you guys get to talk to Elaine in a future show, the way the pandemic is sort of making extremely clear the gross health disparities in the United States and, and globally for poor communities versus wealthier communities is... I mean, it's like, here it is, you've kept people on the brink and they, they suffer more for it. They don't have the immune systems, they have underlying conditions and it's this, you know, treating people this way has grotesque consequences. Yep, yeah, that it, yeah, it's really it's really shown a spotlight on on um, what I'll, I'll make the inference, the assumption that uh, for a lot of these folks, these are maybe um, not necessarily new opinions, but uh, uh, but even regardless of whether or not they are n newfound opinions for um, what they perceive to be the value of certain individuals, uh, it, it's certainly now a thing that people are saying and unfortunately now um discussions that are being had about uh yeah you know is it is it okay to let certain vulnerable segments of the population suffer from this disease and yeah i don't it's it's certainly that has happened faster i think than anybody necessarily anticipated unfortunately you um, just want to open it up, uh, you know, if you guys have any last thoughts um, or anything you want to share with us, uh, feel free. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we also kind of, the reason why Dylan and I um, brought this show together today was just to, to get an Alaskan perspective, to get an anthropological perspective, um, to reach out to you guys and hear from you and you can hear from us, uh, vice versa. Um, but keep the conversation going and, and uh, you know, it, 
in many ways, we hope that uh, our show, Speaking of Anthropology, is able to bring more context and more content for your daily lives um, beyond anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we hope that's for sure. Um, so, uh, Gabriella, Tara, if you have any other thoughts, uh, feel free to chip in. Uh, yeah. If not, uh, yeah. no worries. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting to make sure the dogs were sequestered before I unmuted. Um, I mean, I think one, I felt bad bringing up only bad surprises, but I think uh, one of the things that I, that I see keep happening and that I think we should do for ourselves and for others is we keep being kind. Um, and being understanding and giving a little leeway on things like deadlines. Like uh, I know it was, even in my asynchronous online class, I realized that my students have other things going on in their lives. So even though we were already online, kind of loosened up some deadlines. Um, and, you know, trying to, trying to keep our, our patience and kindness going is helpful for all of us, we all need it. Gabriella, any final thoughts on, on your end? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, oh my God, but Tara, well, that was an incredible comment. I, I, I it just, it just makes sense. Uh, a lot of sense. I. I, I I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, I mean, what Tara said, I think, gathers everything. It's, it was really great insight. Great. Well, uh, we want to thank you guys so much for joining on our show today. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I totally agree with both of you. Um, and, you know, kindness is the biggest thing. And uh, to all the listeners out there, you guys are doing just fine. You guys are doing just great. Uh, we hope you have a beautiful day and, uh, you know, hope our voices made you spring up with joy. Um, and we, we look forward to, to, for you guys to tune into our show every Friday, 11 a.m. to noon on KCUA 91.5 FM Fairbanks. Gabriella, Tara, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Danke. Gracias. Danke, gracias. This is Speaking of Anthropology. My name is Kevin. My name is Dylan. Thank you for uh, tuning in. We will, uh, we hope that you'll tune in next week. <laughs>